Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues in missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. I am Tony Balava, and with me today is both Stephen Madoff and our USA Director with BIMI, Bob Larson. I love whenever we have a guest in the studio with us Tony, it's always great. We have had the privilege to have some of the various co-workers of BIMI with us, and I think it's great because we get to hear from them and hear how the Lord's been working in their Mm. life and their hearts. And we do have a a friend of ours, one of our co-workers and friend, Bob Larson. As you said, he is the USA Receding America director. And Bob, we'd like to bring you in now and just greet you, and and why don't you just tell folks kind of... How how did you get from to this point in your ministry of being the BIMI USA Receding America Director? Well, I was saved back in 1977, and uh, it was through that ministry that uh, you know God really burdened my heart about uh, just serving serving Him in a full time capacity. And after I was trained, I I started uh, actually as a youth pastor, working in several churches in the Midwest, and then. Uh, uh, God really burdened my heart about pastoring, and so uh, I had the great opportunity to pastor and plant churches for nearly 18 years, and then came with BIMI back in 2003 uh, under uh, under the direction of the of the USA director at that time, Dr. John Bales, and he wanted to uh, he wanted me to come on board as his assistant, and so. I've been with BIMI now 18 years. Wow, excellent. You know, I do think one of the unique things about about you, Bob, is that, you know, I would give my title as far as Southeast Asia, South Pacific Field Director. Tony is the Far North uh, Field Director. But you get like this catchy title. You're not just USA Director. You are USA Reseeding America Director. (laughs) So what does that mean? Can you explain that? Why do you get the cool catchphrase compared to everyone else? Well, you know, the USA division of BIMI um, has about probably now 35 families that are uh, planting churches and restarting churches and so forth. But, but we get calls on a, on a regular basis um, here at BIMI uh, from churches, from groups of folks who are wanting our help as far as maybe planting churches. We get calls from church planters. And so uh, several years ago, we just decided that our main thrust is to reseed America with gospel preaching churches, and we uh, put together that uh, title, and we brought all of our missionaries underneath that uh, underneath that title, and uh, and it really explains what we do. We're in the process, or every single day we work at uh, trying to get new churches planted or help men get churches planted, as well as uh, restart churches in decline. Being in the United States most recently, having served in Quebec and then working in uh, Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, Brother Larson was at one time my field director. And uh, um, honestly, if you're uh, if you're listening and you need help with your church, you won't find somebody who has a, a greater heart to help a pastor and help a church get started. Brother Larson, when you're out on the road, it seems like you focus on certain sections of the country at different times. And obviously, uh, the United States being as big as it is, we have so many different areas. You know, we're, we're all in Chattanooga now, tons of churches, but we could use more churches in the Southeast. What would be, uh, in your mind right now, perhaps the neediest 
maybe section of the of the country and then secondly to follow up with that what areas of the country are you focusing in on not necessarily geographically now but metropolitan versus rural um, tell us a little bit about that well we've the last couple of years we've really tried to focus on the metropolitan cities in America it's amazing you know America has become um, metropolitan in its population um, over 80% of the population now live in metro areas, which is pretty fantastic. So what we've really tried to emphasize and underscore and underline is the fact that metropolitan America is a mission field. Mm -hmm. And uh, many times the inner cities have become uh, cultural melting pots. And um, over the years, our churches have migrated to the suburbs. They've uh, gone out to uh, the suburban areas of, of the metro areas of America. And so what's happened is there's a vacuum now in our inner cities. And so we're we're excited. We have a couple that just came on board with BIMI that's going to New York City to plant a church. They'll be working with, uh, they'll be working with uh, one of our missionaries in New York City for a while and then going out to plant that work. We have barely scratched the surface on this metropolitan, so we're going to, this metropolitan emphasis. So we're going to keep on doing that. I think the other frontier in America, the last frontier for church planting, and I'm not saying that, you know, this would be the uh, only area of need, but the last frontier is really the Northwest mm. uh, United States. It seems like, um, well, when you look at Washington State with less than 1% of the population mm-hmm. going to any type of church, a definite need there, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, I, I would say that we really want to look at that. In fact, we have a we have a survey trip planned this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, on the uh, Connect uh, page on the BIMI website, mm-hmm. um, and people can go there and look at that. But we have, you know, I think you were on our you took uh, that trip with us before. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he was our driver, and <laughs> I appreciate it. We survived. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, you know, I mean. Yeah. It, it was a it was a it was a 10-day trip packed with uh, all kinds of information it was. about yeah. needy areas in that part of the country yeah. so those are a couple of areas we're looking at yeah one of the things that stuck out on that trip was we were in Seattle we spent a, a portion of a day in Seattle mm-hmm. but at that time um, we spoke to a number of pastors who were pastoring around Seattle but at that time, there was not an independent fundamental Baptist church in Seattle proper. And those guys themselves, all those pastors in that area said, no, there's there's nobody actually in the city. I don't know if that's changed, but that was really eye-opening. And, you know, to see the, the great need for churches in Seattle proper and then to visit with those guys who were working in the really rural areas as well. I I remember, uh, um, I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Jesse. He was an Iraq war veteran pastoring, doing a tremendous job in a a town of 2,000 people. I remember him saying, 2,000 people. He said, I can knock every door in this town (laughs) in a matter of a couple weeks, he said. And he was just, I mean, he was packing them in. Lord was blessing the work there, and and they really had to be creative in the way that they approached church planting, as opposed to doing it in a metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really interesting. If you can be a part of that trip this year and are interested in church planting, I would definitely encourage you. I've been on several of those trips with you, and they've always been a blessing to be on. Let me ask you this, Bob, because I agree. 
getting churches in the main cities of America is a is a, there's a tremendous need for that. And I think if you were to talk to most people across America, they would say, oh, the biggest problems are in the big cities, New York, uh, Los Angeles, and all this. So what what is one of the things that keep people from going to the main cities, these metropolitan areas? What, I mean, there's there's churches all scattered all across suburbs and regional areas, but what is, in your opinion, one of the things that hinder people from having a heart for for these main cities. We look in the New Testament, we see Paul going to the heart of the cities. How did we lose that? I I think there are really three things real quickly. I think number one, culture many times is, is a challenge. Some people just don't really know how to reach, um, a city that has multiple cultures and they really don't know where to start. And so there's some confusion there. I think, I think cost has been, um, the constant challenge for us in the metropolitan areas. And really, I, I do believe that we're going to have to rethink this. I think we're going to have to rethink how we support a metropolitan church planter versus maybe somebody in other parts of the country. I think churches have to understand that uh, it's going to take a long period of time to get a church started and established in a metro area. So I think culture, I think cost, I think crime sometimes uh, is a deterrent. Mm. Um, mm. There, there's crime in every city, and there certainly is uh, crime in metropolitan areas, metropolitan areas, but I think sometimes that can be a deterrent as well. So those three things, we have actually bypassed the metro areas because of those three things. Mm. And you're right. I mean, Paul was constantly looking for those metro areas in his day to reach the multitudes. I mean, that's where they are. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I thank the Lord for every church planter in America, wherever he may go or wherever they may go. But I I really thank the Lord for those that surrender right now to the metropolitan areas. In part of your response, you mentioned the great cost involved in um, in church planting in metro areas. We were in, in the Phoenix metro area. Tremendous cost. Building-wise, cost of living is pretty high. And, and so that leads me to another, another question, and that is because the cost is so high, and you talk about supporting churches looking at it differently, um, th- there is a thought, um, and even on some of those trips we were on together, you would hear some of those guys on the church planting survey trips say, well, I'm interested in church planting. I don't know if I need to partner with a, a mission board or BIMI to do that. What would you say in response to to that, and what are the advantages of partnering with Reseeding America as opposed to just going it alone getting the second job, being the tent maker like Paul was, and or going the route that, that reseeding America kind of has established. I know in my mind the answer, having experienced some of it, but I want to hear from you if we could. Well, I think, I think a lot of times a man, you know, gets a church started and maybe he's going to work a secular job, and that's fine. I did that uh, in... I would say part of my ministry, I I did that. But I found out that after a while, I I really needed some encouragement. I needed some uh, advice. I needed some counsel. And and certainly a a man can get that from a sending pastor, and I'm not saying he can't. But 
Over the years, BIMI, the USA division, Reseeding America, has been involved in, uh, and we have tabulated this several times over, but uh, we've been involved in over 500 church plants over the years. Mm-hmm. And, and so we have the experience, we have the know-how, we have uh, training available, we have uh, built into our candidate schools, our, our uh, training is a church planting um, segment that we really get into the nuts and bolts of church planting and how it should be done and can be done. And I think a lot of times, another thing that really I think one of the benefits is we uh, offer ongoing support uh, to the missionary, to the church planter. We're just not there at the start, but we'll come back at different levels of maturity as the church matures and try and help any way we can to encourage the, the church planting family, to encourage the congregation to take that next step, whatever it might be, just to really help uh, the church mature and grow. And, and don't you help uh, also connect some other the the mis- missionaries with you to assist some of these new church plants? I, I've heard stories before of guys coming along and there's someone starting a church and all of a sudden like five, six other guys are coming to assist them with track distribution or, or handing things out or just getting the word out. Yeah. And, and to me, that's a great thing. I mean, who wouldn't want that, that kind of help? Well, yeah, we try and coordinate uh, and, and bring in sister churches, you know, to assist men who are um, starting out or maybe need uh, some help with literature distribution. And so there's a cooperative effort there that goes on. We just uh, really rely heavily upon uh, sister churches to assist in not only these church plants, but also these church restarts. Mm-hmm. Now, with the, the discussion of starting churches and, and as, you, as Tony mentioned, bivocational versus with a mission agency and things, I would imagine that when you go across to churches in your own meetings and in your own conferences that you're part of, that by and large, most people would be excited to hear what's happening in America. I mean, I would think the vast majority of people would be like, yes, we need more churches. Let's pray for America and so on and so forth. But we've discussed this on on previous podcasts about how USA missionaries and church planting missionaries in in the country their system of how churches support them is a little bit different than, say, foreign missionaries. Foreign missionaries, most people take on board for years and years and years and decades. Mm-hmm. But then there seems to be this system of four years and we're done. We're not partnering with you anymore. We're, you know, we're, we're moving on. So is that effective? Does that work? I, I know the mindset behind it is, well, this guy should be able to be supported by his local church he's starting um, in a short time. But does it really translate into that in reality? Well, it doesn't today. I mean, years ago, you know, everyone thought, you know, you could get a church up and going in a year. And perhaps you could back in 1959, (laughs) you know, but today it seems as though uh, we're looking at at a minimum of five years support for our folks who are working in mainstream America. And when I mean, when I talk, when I talk about mainstream America, I mean, I'm talking about the man that goes to a, um, a city or town outside the metro area, um, areas of America and plants a church. We're looking at a five-year minimum as far as support to mm-hmm. get him started, to get him up and going, to at least get on the path of establishing a church. Uh, we've looked at it several different ways in our ministry with BIMI. Um, the folks who are going to the inner cities, the people who are working with ethnic groups, 
uh, those who are working with um, different cultures like the deaf and so forth, we understand and realize that that is a longer term of support that is going to have to be put together. So I, I, I hope that churches will understand and pastors will understand that, you know, if a man goes to Metro America, he, he really needs to be treated like a foreign missionary as far as his support is concerned. Mm because it's going to take a lot of money and a lot of effort to get that church started. If a person's working with a cultural group inside of America, the Hispanics or the Asians or or whoever, uh, it's going to take a longer period of time. Uh, we, we look at this every, every fi- five year, we look at it at the end of five years, and then we look at it every year after five years until, and our goal is to eventually see that church planter become self-supporting, mm-hmm. you know. but. It all depends on where he's at. It depends on the individual. It depends a lot on, I, I would say, a lot on how many supporting churches he has. And and so today we're looking at a five-year minimum. Yeah. Do, do churches get behind a lot of church planters? Or do they think, hey, I didn't get this, so <laughs> we're not going to help you out? Because <laughs> I could see both ways. We're praying for America. We're praying for more revival in America. We need yeah. more churches. But then I could also very much see, well, hey, I didn't have that kind of thing. So is that an issue? I think the awareness level has, has gone through the roof in the past, what, six, seven years? Mm-hmm. I, I think the awareness level is higher now than it's ever been. So you know, more churches, we're seeing more churches get on board okay, good. and support USA mm-hmm. church planters. Um, I, I just, I'm excited about, you know, the um, the interest. We used to, years ago, we used to just uh, feel like a voice crying in the wilderness. Mm. But because of the direction our country is going and has gone, uh, the I think the involvement is much greater than it mm. was. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said just uh, a, a moment ago, and that is, you know, looking at the different places and gauging support off of that. And you would you would know this better than I would for sure. But in those metropolitan areas, I know in in Phoenix when when we were there, we experienced such a high turnover of people, not because they left the church because they got mad, but because people don't seem to set down roots in metropolitan areas Mm -hmm. and they move on. And I I think back to when we spoke with our military director, Brian Baggett, who said, you know, look, every four to five years, this church is being turned over uh, because of troop transfers. I know in Phoenix, it felt like that all the time. You would get a family, they would be there a little while, but they never set down roots in the area and they were off and moved somewhere else. And so there was always this constant need of feeling like you were in a building process in the church. And I'm not talking about now the construction, the physical building, but the people have always kind of starting and starting and starting and starting. And it never seems to get to a place where it really is, okay, we don't have to restart again. Mm-hmm. And is is that something that probably... I'm guessing is is prevalent across metropolitan areas in your experience? It is uh, because of uh, employment, because of education. You know, people migrate to those areas because of those things. And, of course, uh, many times as people work up uh, the ladder in their jobs or whatever, they take a transfer. And, and, I mean, transfers sometimes can be really horrendous when it comes to metropolitan church plants and or people who have been there because they're 
there because of their education, but the education, you know, comes to an end and they move Mm -hmm. or they seek a job somewhere else. Um, The inner cities, too, have um, just a lot of movement going on, Um, people coming in, people going out. Um, I don't know. I I would say that uh, probably there's been a turnover in our New York City church plants, a tremendous turnover every three to four years, you know. It's definitely that way in in, uh, the Arizona area as well. It's just constant turnover. And... You and know, some people move there because of the climate, but then, mm-hmm. you know, it gets yeah. to be 114 in the summer, and <laughs> they decide, you know, we had so this is many. not for me. I'm going back to Minnesota, you know. People would come visit and, and, and attend uh, spring training baseball, and, you know, that's Beautiful the end of weather. February, beginning of March. It's 75, 85 degrees, yeah. sunny, and they never considered it might get hotter in August. Yeah. And they'd make it one summer and say, I'm never doing that again. Right. And they would move. Um but that really promotes the issue of why a church planter would need long-term support because the the base takes so much longer to build. That core group takes so much longer to establish in such a setting. It does, and yet, and yet, all the while they're ministering to people, they're they're seeing people saved, mm-hmm. you know. And you're talking about a multicultural. Most of your inner city churches, your metro churches, are going to be multicultural. And so, praise the Lord, you know, they're, they're constantly reaching people. It's just that uh, it's going to take, as you said, a long time to solidify the ministry mm-hmm. and get them in a permanent facility yeah. that they can own or that they can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our New York church planters has been in six facilities, rental facilities, mm-hmm. and um, it's just not an easy thing dealing with uh, the day-to-day in the metro areas concerning the cost and all that you've mentioned. So. Yeah. Well, obviously, we spend a lot of time focusing on the church planting part, but then the other aspect, which you touched on in your introduction, was that you also help uh, help churches that may be losing a pastor or their church may be closing. It's mm-hmm. sort of on its last legs, and they're calling you to say, Brother Bob, help us out. Do you know of a man who's a pastor? Can you can you help us with something? So I would, I would imagine that you play matchmaker quite often in trying to pl- mm-hmm. trying to just pass on names and things. How do you deal with just the, I guess, the, the weight of that and the burden of that? Most people know the there's so many churches closing. More churches probably closing than opening is, is the st- what the statistics say. So you would have to be burdened with all these phone calls, and you don't have enough men to be able to even pass on and plug in, and that that's, that'd be tough. Whenever I see a church or we talk to a church that's in decline or getting close to closing, I always think about, I think about the sacrifice that people made to, you know, purchase land, build a building. That's really something that's a constant burden for us. And we we probably maintain a list of maybe 20 to 25, upwards of 30 churches that need to be restarted on any given week. I think people call us uh, thinking we have a whole room of folks with a suitcase packed that (laughs) can go and pastor those churches. But, you know, the age-old problem is laborers, amen? Mm. I think Jesus yeah. said something about that, didn't he? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I really I feel like um, at this point our ministry is twofold, and that, that is a large part of our ministry. It's really connecting congregations with men who can uh, go there and restart those churches. And we do get calls, and I'd encourage men who are burdened about maybe this type of ministry, we do get calls from men 
uh, saying, look, I want to restart a church and I'm willing to work a secular job. And, and thank God for that. We have people who are calling us and who uh, offer, you know, their uh, ministry to churches in decline. And so that's a blessing when we can connect the two. Yeah. And the, over COVID, we've, uh, we've had one of the best years connecting churches with pastors and pastors with churches. And it's been interesting how they've candidated, you know, with all of the restrictions and all of the things that have gone on. But, uh, you know, it's a blessing to see that uh, those churches now have pastors. Amen. We could talk a lot about uh, USA church planting, and hopefully those who are listening recognize the great need and that if we don't do a better job planting churches in the United States, we're not going to also be able to have the resources to send missionaries to the foreign field as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's so important to be involved in this. And um, as we kind of wrap things up, you have a, uh, a new kind of new theme. One of the unique things you do as a field director here is you have a theme. BIMI has a theme for the year. And then you have a theme, it seems like, or a focus that you do each year, something special. Um, this year's theme, I think, is is a great one, and you've got a new video coming out very soon. Tell us just a little bit about that, and um, and then we'll kind of wrap things up. Okay. Well, it's uh, it's really a, a video that I I really have been wanting to do for several years um, to answer some of the questions that people are having or that they have right now concerning our country, and and I believe one of the solutions. Uh, to America's problems is getting more churches planted and getting more people under the preaching of the gospel. So we've uh, we've titled this uh, theme this year, Churches Established in the Faith. It's from Acts chapter 16, verse 4, I believe. And um, it really just addresses America's need. It, it talks about um, a biblical approach that we all can pray about and uh, pursue in this matter of um, seeing America uh, brought back to, you know, um, a biblical way of doing things. And so um, you say, well, do you think that's possible? I believe it's possible, probably not nationwide, but I believe many areas of the country are gospel void at this point. So let's do what we can. Let's not let the status quo, let's not let uh, fear, let's not let, um, you know, um, national crisis, a national crisis keep us from doing what God has commanded us to do. Hmm. Amen. Well, I appreciate so much you being with us. and Thanks for the and, opportunity. And I really hope in, that anyone who's listening, whether it be a pastor or a missionary, just spend some time just praying, praying for the establishment of new churches, pray for the reestablishment of dying churches, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. God would, would call forth more laborers, even just to serve here. Obviously, I don't think anyone has to be convinced of the need of people to preach and churches started here in America. Uh, we just would want more anywhere, everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. And so may people really just pause when they listen to this and just lift up before the Lord. There's just the heart to say, God, call forth more people and, and things. Amen. Yeah. And, and as we as we close, um, one of the things I, I hoped we would have gotten to and we just didn't have time, one of the other things I know that you do and I've seen you do is you come alongside, you have a, a, a church 
that is interesting and re, re, interested in reproducing itself, but doesn't really know the mechanics or mm-hmm. is wondering about the best way to do that. And I know that you've done that a number of times. And so I would encourage those churches that are thinking about planting a church. I've heard you say so many times, I would encourage pastors to have a, a, a long-term goal, maybe a year goal, five-year goal of reproducing yourself and planting another church in your area. Yeah. And you're wondering about how to do that. I would encourage you, if you're listening, contact uh, Brother Bob Larson, our USA Reseeding America director. His contact information will be in the show notes along with uh, Stevens and mine. And we thank you for spending this time with us this week. We hope this, uh, this episode of the podcast has been a help and a blessing to you. And we count it a privilege to meet with you each week like this. Until next week, have a great week in the Lord.